Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another hot stove edition of the Bastards of Boston Baseball. Uh, tonight, we are getting into a subject that could be kind of touchy with uh, a large demographic of our audience. I'd say it'll be about 50-50. And uh, that's the uh, Trevor Bauer news that he has been reinstated and uh, is basically eligible to play and could probably report to spring training if he does have a, a team to play for. The Dodgers have, um, today would be the second for the listening audience, so they basically have to the end of the week uh, on the 6th to decide whether or not they are going to keep him. There's a John Heyman report, so take that for what it is, consider the source, that says they are expected to release him. So if that happens, he can be signed for $720,000, nothing more than that, because he's still going to be playing on his previous Dodgers contract, which we'll be getting into. So um, before we get rolling, I do want to point out that, again, this is a touchy subject. We're not going to be getting into the graphic uh, details of it uh, that the accuser has alleged so it's going to be safe as far as that, but still considering uh, the, you know, the overall subject of Bauer, um, if you got kids in the car, I would probably recommend uh, listening to this at another time. So with that in mind, going to bring in my co-host for this episode, Cody Paulson. Cody, how are you? Hey, Terry. Doing all right. Uh, happy New Year, everybody. Happy, uh, you know, wishing you all... Um, Great health for the new year. Well, great health for sure. I, I don't know if it's going to be a happy baseball year, you know, if you're hanging yeah. out on my side of the spectrum. But, but yeah, so do you have a, I mean, this is the first, uh, you know, um, at 1049 p.m. to be exact. But uh, any hangovers from last night or no? No, no hangovers. Thankfully, uh, we did have some friends over just to do, you know, a little house party, uh, try to stay off the roads, stay out of the bar, stay, you know, a little bit safer, a little bit more of a streamlined uh, event, if you will. Um, but, you know, with it also being a house party, we were able to kind of you know, keep everything in front of us, as, as they say. <laughs> and so, you know, it was it, it was definitely very nice to, to be able to have that on Saturday night and have all day Sunday to, to recover, even just some, you know, the lack of sleep and, and you know, the energy expended uh, just hanging out. But thankfully, no hangover for me. How about yourself? I was basically working. So uh, you had more fun than I did. But, um, you know, if you're going to have a hangover, Gatorade to me is the, um, you know, the best recovery morning mm -hmm. after drink that's what kind of bounces me back uh pretty pretty quickly um so some people prefer water and that may mm -hmm. or may not be healthier so all right so <laughs> uh let's just kind of get into it um w what were your thoughts were you were you surprised when the decision came down that the arbiters were going to reinstate Trevor Bauer. He had an unprecedented 324 game suspension. And I think the longest previous to that, I think Alex Rodriguez initially had a 214 game suspension 
that was reduced by maybe 40 or 50 games or so. Uh, it was basically the balance of the, the next season um, that uh, the Arbiters ruled uh, on him. But in Bauer's case, uh, a super long suspension. So what were your thoughts? I I don't know if I was necessarily surprised by um, the suspension kind of getting condensed or curtailed, per se. Um, if anything, I was more so surprised about the timing of it all. Uh, seems like, you know, we haven't really heard anything in the media about traction, uh, about the case progressing along, any sort of updates. It was kind of quiet and all the, in, in that front. You know, I, I know that uh, Bowers Camp had released some information a couple of months ago and, you know, things started to get stirred up a little bit. We started hearing about it in the news cycle. But for a while there, we really hadn't heard, you know, if there was any progress, if they were revisiting it, if they were looking at, at trimming it down and obviously ultimately coming to that decision. And to that same, you know, extent, the Dodgers were also surprised with it as well. Right. You know, they're they're left, I think, to make a decision on whether if, whether or not they want to retain them. I think it's what January 6th or 7th or something like that. January 6th. Um, yeah. And so, you know, oftentimes these deals or not deals, excuse me. Um, these suspensions, uh, unless it's, you know, the substance of use policy where it's, it's a firm amount of games, like, you know, your first one's 50 games. Second one, I think is what, uh, 150 and then third is just a lifetime ban, if I'm not mistaken. Um, when it comes to, you know, a re reactionary ban for off the field um, instances, I find it very rare that the, the suspensions end up being they are originally levied, right? There's an appeal process. There is, you know, new uh, most like my mom because I'm arrogant. Sorry about that. If anyone heard that, uh, my bad. Keep going. Oh, all good. Um, so I, I'm not necessarily all that surprised that the, the suspension was shortened. Um, I'm just more so surprised at the, at the timing in which the news came out. I'm not surprised either because it, it was unprecedented. There was nothing to kind of base this on. Um, I want to say, I forget which pitcher it was. It might've been Roberto Osuna who had a, um, initially arrested for uh, a DV case, but charges weren't uh, ultimately levied against it. I think it was him. Don't, I guess I shouldn't be quoted on that, but there, there has been a precedent for pitchers who didn't face legal action. I think a role as Chapman would be actually a, a better example. Uh, and they didn't uh, face charges, but they were subject to a suspension uh, from major league baseball. And they were 30 or, or 60 days in length. Um, you know, no more than roughly, you know, a third of a season or so. Um, so Bowers being so much more above and beyond that, and he didn't face charges. Uh, last February, nearly a year ago, the um, the Los Angeles uh, district attorney basically announced that there was insufficient evidence to charge him. So at that point, I'm like, how can they levy? 300 something games on him it just didn't make a ton of sense so when the arbiters basically you know reinstated him uh before that obnoxious uh ad came on i, I was trying to look up the uh, exact number of games but it was uh it, i think he did around, oh it was 194 games is what he ultimately served so 
uh, that's probably the longest suspension of all time, and uh, it's been lifted. So I'm not... So I guess let's just move on to this. Do you think he should be playing based on what we know and what we'll probably never know? I, I think that's a great segue into it as well, right? Um, a lot of times with these cases and with these incidents, the only two people that will know what happened are the, the two people that were involved, right? You know, we can speculate, we can you know, have our reactions from the press clippings, from what gets released, um, you know, from the proceedings, but we will never officially truly know um, exactly what happened. Uh, you know, the fact that there were, I believe, no charges officially filed and he hasn't been convicted of, of anything makes it hard for me to sit up here and say, I don't believe this man should have a job, right? You never want to affect uh, another individual's livelihood. You never want to call for somebody to be fired. Um, and I think if this is in a similar vein, um, you know, granted, I think the, the due process and the due diligence need to be done. Um, I think before, you know, he sh before he's able to pitch again, I think all the lawsuits should probably be, you know, wrapped up and we should get some closure to have an idea of, you know, a, exactly what happened. Um, you know, are, are the defamation lawsuits, you know, cleared up are the, um, civil lawsuits taken care of? Cause you know, I mean it's not like this is a one-off incident for this individual, right? This is uh, a person that has put himself in a position in which he's had multiple different people, you know, uh, claim to have issues with him, um, whether it be consensually or not. And again, you know, with the caveat being that we, we will never know what happened in between those individuals, but if there's a pattern of behavior, it is, it becomes a lot more uncomfortable. I'm in the camp that, he should be allowed to play if there was if there was no if there wasn't enough evidence to charge him then i think that should ultimately dictate you know whether or not he could play and and he he he's faced his you know consequences as far as the mlb side of it goes and it's just scary like this could happen to anybody and the Red Sox are, I mean, we're pretty fortunate as a franchise. I think our biggest uh, situation was with Stephen Wright, who wasn't really a, you know, a key figure on the team. He wasn't, you know, he was battling injuries at the time and his career was, you know, it looked like it was over and it wasn't the accusations against him were, you know, not that domestic violence is, is anything uh, that, um, you know, you should take that seriously. But, um, you know, it, it was just a much lesser incident than this one. Uh, but I'm on record. The last time I talked about this, which was over a year ago, uh, we, you know, we, I think it was when the suspension first came down and a lot of the details, like the, the, the photos of the alleged victim were, you know, released to the public. I'm on record saying that Trevor Bauer should never be allowed in any major league baseball stadium again, but there have been, you know, disclosures along the way that have kind of not so much exonerated Bauer, because like I said, we'll never know for sure, but it's, it's raised a significant, amount of doubt 
you know, in my mind that, you know, that this happened. Um, one of the, the key disclosures was a selfie video that the alleged victim took while she was laying in bed, fully clothed next to Trevor Bauer, who was sleeping, also fully clothed. She was happy. She was smiling into it. And that was the night or that was the, the night or day when the, you know, alleged incident happened. Now that video didn't, you know, entirely exonerate Bauer because perhaps maybe the incident could have happened afterwards. But, um, Bauer's account was that, you know, she left shortly after they woke up and, and that was that. And I was trying to dig it up now. Um, let's see if I can get into our DMs. There, there was an affidavit. Do you know what that article, that court document was? Was it an affidavit that I showed you? It was some type of an a affidavit or disclosure or something. But yeah, let me pull it up to see if it gives us any any details on that. Um, I'm not a, I'm not entirely sure of the nature of the document, but it does have you know multiple bullet point listed of of events uh, that were I guess taken into um, into record. It, it was submitted by Bauer's attorney, so we'll we'll take that for what it is. Um, but a, a lot of the information in it, I mean, they if they misrepresented any of the the facts or, or you know, anything, they, they would, you know, face serious consequences. But there was one in there, um, number 56, and uh, it said, I'm not going to say the, the um, alleged victim's name, but... It says she also texted a friend that they would be able to travel to Europe together in style once she was successful in her plot to destroy Mr. Bauer by tricking him into basically having another rough, intimate encounter. Um, so there were other pretty, I don't want to say damning text messages in there, but enough evidence via text that you know, raise further doubt. So, so at, at this point, you know, I just think it's, it's up to MLB teams, you know, do they want Trevor Bauer to continue? That's a hell of a talent for $720,000. Like just before we get into the, the ass, the, you know, the Red Sox aspect of it, I think I think a pitcher of his talent makes you look at the at the rotation differently. I mean, he's a bona fide ace. And he if you watch his YouTube channel, he's a workout fanatic. He's just always he's a gym rat. He's always throwing side sessions, uh particularly against college uh athletes and you know, always working on his mechanics and his stuff. So more likely than not, he's probably going to come back, especially if he has a, a normal spring training, and he's gonna he's gonna pitch competitively despite not being, um, you know, despite not being in Major League Baseball for a year and a half. So, I mean, is that a guy you would take a chance on, or do you think the Red Sox should steer clear? I mean, the only reason we're having this conversation, right, is because he is such a talent. Um, you know, we've seen it in 
in incidents past, you know, if a guy is, you know, a 4A player, a fringe guy, or, you know, maybe the last man in, first man out, uh, it's an easy decision. They get him off the team, right? Um, and, and I think that's the unfortunate nature of, of where we are uh, currently when discussing Trevor Bauer. Um, what is interesting to me on top of all of that is he has never pitched in the post-Spider-Tack era. And he was he was a big substance guy previous, um, you know, in, in some of his better seasons. You know, not not taking anything away from from his talent. You know, spin rate is obviously still incredibly difficult to generate if you're using a substance or not, right? You know, and I'm, I'm not. That's that's a whole another diatribe we can do on a di- on a different episode. Um, you know, I, I used to really enjoy his content. I know that he's very online. He does a lot of those side sessions. He he videotapes them. He breaks things down. You know, for a while there, he was making a lot of really great content showing, you know, like, how am I approaching this batter? What is this batter thinking? And and it was a really cool insight um, kind of into what that world is like, uh, you know, for us non-elite level athletes, right? Um, I don't think a team is going to take a chance on him this year. Uh, I think the, the situation is still just too hot. Um, the PR backlash, I think, would be too much um even for that seven hundred and twenty thousand dollar price tag uh that he would be um and this is all uh if the dodgers choose to release him right because if they don't then then they just kind of roll forward uh you know with him on on that three-year 100 million dollar contract that he signed a a couple of years ago Uh, but i don't i don't think he'll he'll be pitching this year i think um the dust needs to settle a little bit more and we will probably see him um, in the future, you know, when when something else is in the news cycle. I think more likely than not, he will pitch. I See, I don't think the Red Sox, to answer my initial question, I, it won't be the Red Sox, I don't think. I think that's an... Or- I, I agree to that, yeah. Yeah. I think that's... The Red Sox are an organization. They're very, um, you know, they're very social conscious, I guess, would be the best way to do it. They're always supportive of a lot of the movements, um, you know, that take place, you know, the the activism as well that, that takes place all over the country. So I think based on that, I think they would, they would view Bauer as, you know, someone that, you know, could bring a lot of bad press. And not that they're, they haven't had a ton of, you know, bad press over the last six to eight months because you know 2022 was kind of rough you know as far as the on the field stuff went but um but I do think another team will be desperate enough initially I thought the Padres would be all over it because they need pitching they they've got the offense you know they've got a super team assembled as far as that goes but but the only thing that makes it weird, uh, and I, I, I guess I'll bring this up. The the alleged victim had also had relations with Fernando Tatis and Mike Clevenger, both, um, you know, San Diego Padres. So perhaps that could that could complicate it a little bit. That could com- that scenario gets kind of complicated. But AJ Preller has, you know been involved in controversies has been suspended before uh for uh ironically not um disclosing the 
injury history of uh, Drew Pomerantz uh, with the Red Sox in that 2016 trade. Um, there was another pitcher he traded to the Marlins who was found to immediately need Tommy John surgery. He was a reliever. So, uh, you know, I, in the past, you, you know, Preller hasn't been the most ethical guy. In, in the last handful of years, everything's been fine, and he's been, you know, one of the more prominent executives, obviously. The Soto trade, the Tatis deal, the recent Bogarts deal. They're always wheeling and dealing, uh, you know, when it comes to players and whatnot. So, um, so we'll see. I wouldn't be surprised, but I'm wondering if the Dodgers, in the back of their mind, are worried about that. We have them now. I'm guessing the clubhouse is probably split as far as Bauer goes. The Heyman report did cite that there were some in the clubhouse that preferred he pitched elsewhere. Those were the exact words. Um, so we'll see. Uh, you know, Freddie Freeman is in that clubhouse now, wasn't previously. He's a leader on that team. So certainly a guy who um, carries a lot of influence. But um, so we'll see. I'm, I'm just thinking, I mean, the White Sox could could use a, a pitching upgrade. I'm, I'm not sure they would be too worried about it. The Detroit Tigers are a team that's desperate for pitching and relevancy and Maybe AJ Hinch would be viewed as a as a manager who, um, you know, could kind of rein Bauer in. And I think it's probably fair to say that Bauer would be on his best behavior. He's had some kind of I don't want to call him questionable, but he's had some antics that have riled up players. And not the most popular guy if uh, you know if you're in the batter's box. Shows off a little bit on the mound, but. I would say more likely than not someone signs him because he could be a lot more expensive the following year when he's a free agent. Yeah, it's a great point. Um, you know, to have a Cy Young talent be dangled out there for $720,000, that's that's a hard thing to say no to if if you're willing to deal with, you know, the, the nonsense that might come with it, as you mentioned, right? Um, I think only time will tell, uh, unfortunately. And, you know, we don't have franchises in the MLB where, you know, they're, they've got the reputation to, to deal with those kind of PR um, kerfuffles, per se. So it'll, it'll definitely be interesting to see. Another thing that, you know, another aspect of things that we should probably keep an eye on is will Manfred influence the owners and, and GMs and executives and all them to, to not sign him. Now you're saying he'll sit out for a year. So perhaps this kind of plays into that, but even beyond one year, will he be forever blackballed? You know, a good somewhat relevant example of this would be Colin Kaepernick. Now I don't think the audience is going to be shocked to, to hear that. I'm not a big Colin Kaepernick guy. Um, Without getting too much into it, I just think that whole movement he started, you know, was based initially on a cop-out and then, you know, turned into what it did. But if I'm being completely fair, I do also 100% believe that the owners did collude against Colin Kaepernick to keep him out of the league and, and you know, that's a big reason as to why he hasn't been back. 
and Bauer and Manfred have had a personal vendetta going back probably three, four, five years now. Bauer's been critical about a lot of the major changes that had happened. I, I think one of them, don't quote me on all of these, but one of them I think was the pitch clock. He was highly critical of expanding the uh, playoffs to to more teams. It did get expanded to six. Manfred did want seven initially. Um, and there was a just a litany of, of changes that Bauer would just rail against the commissioner on. And Manfred's a guy who doesn't seem to like taking criticism. A good recent example of that is uh, not this summer, but the previous one, 2021, Ken Rosenthal kind of had a very critical article about Manfred in, in which, you know, it wasn't very favorable uh, for the commissioner. And then a few months later, at the end of the season, guess who gets fired from MLB Network? Ken Rosenthal, which pro- I, I'm not saying Manfred, um, you know, was behind that, but it's it's kind of curious with the timing and all that. So um, so I think Manfred does uh, have a lot of a lot of influence here, and this could be Colin Kaepernick 2.0. So. That that's another reason why you know I kind of you know I, I kind of hope we'll we'll get away from all of this and we'll we'll have a better way of you know doing due diligence and hopefully keeping investigations closer to the vest before the media can you know misrepresent things and um you know and whatnot but. But it's interesting, and we'll know we'll know a lot more by the end of the week. Any final thoughts? No. I mean, yeah. All all we can really do is just kind of react to what what we get, right? You know, um, fortunately or unfortunately, we don't have uh, a personal line into either side of these camps. Um, you know, the the puppet strings that Manfred does pull certainly. Uh, adds an interesting layer to the proceedings in general, right? He does seem to be a guy that has been tied to, and, and a, a guy in, in Manfred, that is, um, that is tied to a lot of inner workings. Um, it, it doesn't seem to be uh, that he's in the best standing with, with a lot of individuals, to say the least. Definitely, uh, you know, been a lightning rod uh, for the fans and, I mean, commissioners aren't often popular. Um, Roger Goodell, another example. I think is it Adam Silver? Is he the ML, uh, the NBA commissioner? Yeah, he's somewhat well liked, though, isn't he? Or no? Yeah, um, he he came in with like high popularity, and he had the low hanging fruit of getting, um, I believe, Donald Sterling, the owner of the Clippers, out of there. Um, <laughs> he with he, with that tough. incident. Um, which I mean, rightfully so. The things that Sterling was doing was was deplorable, to say the least. Um, and I think Adam Silver is been viewed more as like a, a players commissioner, um, which then inherently you know improves the product. And and when you have the players kind of going to bat for you, I think that helps your your image in the public standing. Yeah. So I want to say Manfred might have uh, did he get renewed or not? I I could Let be wrong. Yeah. 
I'm trying to find the um, the documents uh, we I shared with you in the uh, war room here, just for the audience. If you uh, if you type in Trevor Bauer and then uh, Zuckerman dot com, uh, there's that court document I was citing earlier um, talks a lot about the text messages that you know raise in my mind you know raise a lot of doubt so if you want to see that for yourself and kind of form your own opinion um it's you can easily google it and um uh read the whole thing it's 40 pages but it's a pretty intense read uh from start to finish so not a lot of Red Sox news. Uh, we still are assuming, uh, I'm assuming we're in the market for another middle infielder. It remains to be seen uh, where Trevor's story will, uh, which side of the diamond he'll end up uh, pitching on, uh, pitching on, playing on, excuse me. <laughs> um, he might pitch, who knows, you know, the Red Sox are down if, Chris Sale or James Paxton, you know, it's 14 to two. You, you might have a position player on the mound, but, um, but yeah, so in the market for a, um, you know, a, a middle infielder, um, there were some Chris Sale trade rumors. We had a recent episode uh, dedicated to that. So um, we'll see if anything develops there, but um, we also covered the Corey Kluber signing. Let me also mention this real quick. I had a, I've been doing Twitter polls lately and they've been getting hard to predict because when I asked our following and typically we get two to 3000 votes on this. So healthy sample size. I asked whether or not the, the fan base approved of the Corey Kluber signing and 54% disapproved, but I thought that number was going to be way bigger. I thought it was going to be 65, 70%. And then I asked the Trevor Bauer question, would you sign him to the Red Sox for, you know, 700 K thinking that it was going to be a majority. No, you know, two thirds, three quarters. No, 68% of Red Sox fans are fine with it. So I don't know if that just speaks to the frustration of, um, you know, where we're currently at, you know, as far as pitching and not playing well the last few years. Bauer has a insane, like, rabid following. I mean, arguably, he might be one of the most popular players and simultaneously, you know, one of the most hated players. But his his following is uh, is intense. I don't, I don't, you know... I don't follow him or, and go to his account too often uh, unless something, you know, pops up in the news. But um, but they're there and uh, they go nuts for him. So, all right, we will wrap on that. Um, hopefully we'll be back, uh, you know, Wednesday, Thursday to cover some type of uh, Red Sox development. But we'll just play it by ear. Maybe we'll do something outside the box Uh who knows, but uh, we're trying to keep the, uh, you know, the audience engaged, the episodes flowing. January, late January through February is like, that's the most painful time to be a podcaster. You know, <laughs> everybody's signed. They haven't reported yet. And 
you know, late February is mostly injury talk. That's February into March is Tommy John season part one. And then you get another uh, round of it, you know, in May and June. So, uh, so anyway, hopefully everyone had a good new year. Hopefully your new year's resolutions are still intact. Those are, uh, you know, out the window by noon on the first day. Typically I didn't make one this year. Um, but, uh, we'll be back, uh, hopefully soon. So take care.